0: Well, good morning, we are doing things just a little bit differently today than what we would say we normally do because we have some things to celebrate, some things to be excited about, and I hope that uh, you'll join me today in celebrating these things. In 2018, we gave you this little book. Uh, it's, it's funny, it's, it's undated because it was the very first time that we had ever done anything like that for you, and we told you that we felt like that God had some things in store for us that were gonna be pretty incredible for us to kind of figure out how it would actually happen. And as I think about this, I think about it being the fourth Vision Sunday that we've ever brought to you. And I I wanna just stop and ask you this question. If you were not in the building in 2018 when we gave this out to you, would you please raise your hand so that we can see that? Because I want you as a church family to look around and see that. That's incredible. We're glad that you're here this morning and excited that God has brought you here and joined this journey together with us. And, and I say that to say too, though, that we've never exactly done anything quite like we're doing this morning because it really needs to be a little bit of a retrospective and As I was thinking about that uh, this week, I was reminded of how in Psalm 105, in my daily devotional even this week, the psalmist is just recounting the history of all that God has done. And too often in our lives, We just move on and we forget all that God has done. If you forget all that God's done, then you kind of forget where you might be going. And that's important for us to see that this morning and celebrate that and be grateful for that. The prophets do it in the Old Testament. The psalmists do it. The kings, chronicles, they all do it. Kind of reminding people about the outlook of what's to come based on what had happened in the past. Because sometimes, let's be honest, your future doesn't look so bright in the moment. Certainly that would have been the nation of Israel. It would have seemed to them, some days your future seems really bright. But the truth of it is, when God is on our side, our future is always bright. Because he's making things new. He's restoring things. He's causing dead things to come to life. And so we get excited about All of those things, and I want us to talk about that. I want to just remind you of some of those incredible things. And I want to explain to you just for a moment, this will be, again, a little bit like last year. I don't have a vision guide to give you this year because this year is fluid like it was last year. We used to give these to you in one-year increments, and that seemed really important. And then something happened that changed all of that, and it just seemed like it would almost, some days I felt like, man, the vision is just that we would like to have 52 weeks of church. Could we do that? And we've done that, praise the Lord. We're grateful for that. But, but we, we're gonna kind of be giving you a little bit more of those quarterly updates this year, kind of like we did last year. But I would have never expected the trajectory of our church would be what it has been Over the last four years and that's important and I think it's an important thing that I want to just camp out on and say To you for just a minute because some things in this guide came really fast We told you that there were things we would do in 90 days and they happened We told you there would be things that we would try to do in a year and many of them happened We told you that over three years we expected some things to happen and then we prayed That sometime in five years we'd get to some of these things and here we are Four years later, telling you, essentially, and I want you to just think about that, this is done. This is crazy that this is done, right? I mean, when you, when you get to that moment and you see it like that, it does, it, I'll be honest with you, it doesn't, make you it, it doesn't make sense to me, especially because it feels like, in many ways, that what we've been doing over the last couple of years is, you know, when you watch these explorers go and they're going to climb a mountain, have you ever seen when they get to the Talus Slope right before they get to the rock that they're going to climb, the talus slope is this kind of shaley, kind of broken up. It almost looks like gravel. It's really fine. And if you ever watch them trying, they're making good time, and then they get to the talus slope, and they take a step, and they slide. And they take a step, and they slide, and it's more work to get where you're going. And then they finally kind of get to the rock, and it speeds up again. And, and I'll be honest, in many ways, it's felt like over the last little season, we've been walking in a talus slope, hasn't it? It's felt like, you know, are, are we making any progress? Are we going anywhere? Or are we just kind of getting here? But as we've gone back over this and looked at this, it's been really important for us as a staff and leadership team to look back and say, wow, look what God has done. And it reminds me of, of something they teach you when you decide you wanna kind of be one of these ultra runners, these people that run these long distances. Uh, I read a book one time about that, and this guy said, the key to ultra running is relentless forward motion. So sometimes you're not running fast, sometimes you're jogging, and sometimes, let's be honest, you're walking. But it's amazing what you can accomplish with relentless forward motion. And and that's an important thing. And I hope what you'll take away from this today, even if you are brand new with us and you haven't been maybe part of this experience over these last four years, I hope what you'll take away when you see this and you, you hear us talk about this, this applies to your life. You know, I looked back over this week, over four journals starting in 2020, that I've been writing through as we started uh, with Bob Soar, reset book that we all went through and just journaling through that and reading through answered prayers and seeing what God had done just in, in two years of four journals, just to see that. It's amazing what just a little bit every day will accomplish in your family, your work life, the things that God's called you to do. It's crazy if you'll just keep after it, even when you want to quit, if you'll just keep after it. So let's talk about a couple of things that were in here that we can celebrate this morning. The first thing that we told you that absolutely had to happen is that there had to be a shift in some of our thinking. We weren't changing a bunch of things. We were going to change the emphasis of what we thought about. And do you remember we gave you a term called gospel engagements? We asked you to engage people with the gospel by sharing the gospel with them, giving them gospel tracts, inviting them to church. We ask you to use opportunities to do good deeds for your neighbors and just be able to tell them, I'm just doing this because the love of Christ has compelled me to just be a good neighbor, to help you. We we ask you to pray for people at work. We ask you to step into their lives and, and point them to the gospel every chance that you had. And do you remember that we said we were gonna try to do 150,000 gospel engagements? That number seemed ludicrous. Do you remember that? I gotta be honest with you, I shared this with you multiple times. I told a lot of my pastor friends that we were endeavoring to do that and every one of them said it's a great goal. It's really good to have those aspirational things that you're never gonna make. Wow, thanks for the confidence but we believed that God was calling us to do it. And do you remember why? We looked at the stats of how many people were moving to Nashville and we said, we have to do something to sow the seeds of the gospel. And we asked you to do that because we wanted to see the harvest come. And do you remember we talked about sowing the seeds of the gospel indiscriminately and making sure that maybe it wouldn't be us that reap the harvest, but that our children would reap the harvest of the work that we're doing. And by God's grace, we have done it praise the Lord, 150,000 gospel engagements. That's good stuff right there. How about it? Isn't that good? Aren't you grateful for that? I'm just gonna stand here and enjoy that for a minute. (laughs) It's so good to do it. And here, it took us a year longer than we hoped that we would do it because we were shut down for so long in the city and it just felt like it was hard to do some of those big events. That we were gonna do, but I want you to think about that with me for a second. I want you to think about 150,000 people. Guys, what greater purpose do we have than to engage people with the gospel of the living Lord Jesus Christ and talk to them about their eternity and ask them if it's secure and ask them if they've known the Lord? And we have done it. I wanna read this for you. I read it to you in the fall and I wanna read it again. It's from Mark chapter 4 and verse 26. The kingdom of God is like this a man scatters seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day. The seed sprouts and grows, although he doesn't know how. The soil produces a crop by itself first the blade then the head, then the full grain on the head. As soon as the crop is ready, he sends for the sickle because the harvest has come. Do you remember me telling you there were two times that we joined the Lord in this parable of the growing seed and we do the work? We do it in the scattering of the seed. We, we join the Lord in the scattering of the seed. And then what do we do? We sit back and we let God do what he does. It says the farmer sleeps. That doesn't feel like work. When you're scattering seed, you're getting the ground ready, it's work. But then we rest and we wait and let God do what he does and we believe in faith that the harvest is coming and when we start to see it, we join the Lord in the harvest and we get busy again and start working. So let's be diligent to continue that. I know that we have seen it already and I wanna just prove it to you. I want you to just think about this. Just the number of baptisms that have happened. This this number kind of staggered me for just a second, particularly when I tell you uh, two of these numbers. Uh, We have, over the last four years, seen almost 100 people baptized 93 people were baptized in the last four years at judson baptist church isn't that incredible to see that we praise the lord for that it's awesome (laughs) and and i want you to think about this i'm i'm so grateful that we've already changed the trajectory on this in in the worst part of the pandemic this is this is the statistic that just broke my heart we baptized one person that year so i want you to think about in four years you had 100 people almost baptized. And in one year, there was only one. And already this year, we baptized five people in our church calendar year, the way that that works. And I'm so proud to report to you that that's not just children. It's not just youth. It's children, youth, and adults. And that makes me so happy because it's balanced as people are hearing the gospel and responding to that. And it did my heart so good to see two grown men be baptized in our baptistry just a few weeks ago. I love that. I love that the gospel is changing lives, not just of young people, but of all people. And so we celebrate that. One thing we told you on the last page of this book that we hoped would happen is that we hoped we would be able to become a church planting planting and strengthening movement. And, And this is crazy. In four years... You have planted three churches in the Nashville, Tennessee area. Think about that for a second. planted the gathering at 840. And by the way, they've already broken ground on their new building. And they hope to be in that building in a year. And they've been baptizing people and discipling people and seeing people come to know Christ. It's been so exciting to hear what God is doing out there. But you also, you probably don't think about this. You also planted another church out of a college ministry that we one time had here called My Local. The church is called My Local 615. It's a spinoff of that ministry, and they're operating out of a house church movement model. You supported them for three years, and they're now on their own, and guess what? They are replicating that model internationally and also in places like Jackson, Mississippi. God is moving and using that. You are a part of that. And you also, and this is the one we all love and know, the one that's maybe near and dear to all of us is Recovery Church. Aren't you grateful for that? Aren't you grateful that out of our church, we now have a church specifically designed for people who are in recovery And I'm so grateful that Butch, I see Cheryl back here, I'm so grateful that they had the idea to be in partnership with the Recovery Church Movement. We never would have imagined we were going to plant one here. And Pastor Jimmy Hagerman from within our midst has come out and gone and is leading that church. They meet every Thursday night. They're baptizing people. They're seeing people set free from addiction and on the road to recovery through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you're a part of that. And it's so amazing. We never would have imagined that in four years, we'd look at you and say three churches planted. We, We really thought that in five years, we'd be ready to plant another church And here we are with three churches planted. Praise the Lord. We also told you we were going to be that church strengthening movement. And we were going to do it through a pipeline mentality. That was the word that we used in this booklet. And we have done that and we did it faster than we thought we were going to do it. We said we'd do it in three to five years. And we did that in two primary ways. We've had what we call global focus interns. We thought that would start in year three. We've already had six Global Focus interns. And five of those now are in full-time vocational ministry, serving the Lord in different places, or here still serving the Lord. And one of those fulfilled what we said would happen in Pipeline. He said, you know what? That's not my calling to serve the church full time. And he's serving the church in a different way, not on staff in a church, but serving with a Christian artist, going and ministering to churches. And we're so grateful for that. Six young people already serving the Lord. Would you just thank the Lord for that this morning? It's incredible. But we also started what we call the Liberty Church Network Center here at Judson Baptist Church. We'll be having that meeting of local church pastors this next week. And even just a God story through your generosity, you've probably forgotten this one. You, you, you've been so generous, I don't know how you remember all the generous nature of the things that you've done. You probably forget this. But you'll remember that I told you that last year, uh, one of our Liberty Church Network pastors was let go from his church in a conflict situation where his director of missions went to that church and said, y'all are in the wrong and God is not gonna bless you for what you're doing. You are treating this man unrighteously. You guys supported that guy with Liberty Church Network money, uh, took care of his family, and now he's pastoring another church right there in the area, and God is blessing, and that was through your generosity. So that pipeline continues to grow, and we're so excited about that and so grateful for that. Thank you for doing that. You may remember as well that I told you that we were going to have to do something called financial repositioning. That sounded fun, didn't it? Everybody loves to talk about money. Can I just give you a public service announcement, just because I do this every time. We, the next two weeks, we're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about tithing. And I know that offends some of you. You feel free to stay home, but we're going to know that you're a Scrooge. All right? <laughs> you feel free. Yeah. And if you're sick, you better text me and let me know you're sick, you know, or something. I don't know, I'm, te- I'm teasing. But we are, we're going to, every, every February, what do we do? We talk about, we talk about biblical stewardship. So that's your, that's your warning. We're going to be doing it next week and you better be excited about it because I'm excited about it and you will be too as I tell you this story. In 2018, we owed $7.2 million on this building uh, that you see in the middle. And and that had gone, we we'd had a project that started in uh, 2008 to refurbish the building and to build a new building. We refurbished the sanctuary as you see it today. All of that came through that building campaign. And in uh, 2018, we owed $7.2 million. And it was an incredible thing for us because... We wanted to secure a better loan because we told you we needed to get the church repositioned financially because it was going to take 20 years. In 2018, we were looking at 20 years to pay that off. And God moved in an incredible way. We were able to secure new financing that brought that loan down to 12 years. We reported that to you in in 2019, and then we asked you to be part of a building program with us where we gave, and you guys gave over $400,000 in a 90 day period. And we've been faithfully attacking that. And we've been diligently paying the debt off. And it's just been incredible for us to see that. And today, praise the Lord, we owe $3.8 million. Four years, I want you to think about that, four years. That's an incredible number. I could have never imagined that was going to happen and I'm going to tell you something it wouldn't have happened without a miracle gift. Do you remember me telling you the story of the miracle gift? We didn't do a financial stewardship campaign in 2020. As we went into 2020, I told you we we're going to take a year off. I had no idea we were going to shut down for a couple of months. That seemed really smart in hindsight, didn't it? You know that we weren't going to weren't going to do a stewardship campaign, but we've been praying for a miracle gift. And you remember that story? We got it in February. A lady not affiliated with our church, hasn't ever been in our church since I've been the pastor, sent us $25,000. And you remember what she told me? Pastor, I hope at the end of the year I'll be able to do just a little bit more to help you out. And she did. $450,000 later, she paid basically almost a half million dollars in debt. And that was a miracle. I texted her this morning and just said, you will never know what a part of the story you are at Judson Baptist Church and how every time I think of you, I think that God is able because how are we going to pay that? How are we going to do that? We didn't know. I'm happy to report to you that the same thing happened almost in a similar fashion this past fall. A family uh, gave over, um, well, it was almost a quarter of a million dollars uh, to our building debt. And so, guys, I want you to just think about that. $775,000 roughly given from two, different, from two different gifts that came through to our church. And I need to tell you this story because I've never, I've never told you guys as a whole this. I'm going to get emotional. I'm sorry. I get emotional. Both of those gifts came through someone who had nothing to do with giving that money. He's not here this morning. He's watching online at home. Uh, But it came through his faithful ministry. Uh, We have a great senior adult pastor, uh, Pastor Joe Evans and we, we've had one before named Ernie Standifer. We had one before that, Johnny Hall. These guys have just done great in doing all the work that needs to for our senior adult and our pastoral care ministry. Both of those gifts came because of Ernest Standifer. And I tell Ernie all the time, how funny is it that you're responsible for almost a million dollars in giving and you didn't give any of that? God will give through you what he would never give to you. It was through faithful obedience and ministry and taking care of families and loving people. When I called Ernie, uh, the family that gave the gift at the end of, of the, the year, this past year, said, We only have one stipulation for the gift. We want you to tell two people that we're grateful for them. One is Jet Mueller. She's in our service. Wave your hand, Jet, because Jet had invited this family to our church. And we thank you, Jet, for that. And they said, And we want you to tell Pastor Ernest Standifer because he's ministered to us in such a faithful way and we just love him and we want to give it in honor of Ernie. Yeah. I absolutely love Pastor Ernie. Uh, grateful for him and, and his ministry to us. We asked you to engage in a, a C3 strategy and, and if you, you look at this, we asked you to connect with us. We wanted you to connect to Jesus Worship and Life Group. We wanted you to take three classes in the commit phase of, of growing how to grow in your faith, how to give, how to serve. We ask you to be commissioned to share your testimony with people, to share God's story with people, and to, to be part of our mission strategy that we call Global Focus. And you may remember that we said we want all of our adults to be able to go through that. And, and this is crazy. In the last four years... 380 of you have gone through those classes. That's amazing to me that that has happened. And we just praise the Lord for that. We're so grateful for that. And I do want to just say this to you. Uh, If you haven't taken those classes, uh, we'll still offer them in person, but we recently uh, recorded them in our our television kind of space, our little studio that we have up there. And you can find that at judsonbaptist.com, Next Steps, and you can go ahead and take those and When you do it, it's interactive and it lets us know that you've taken them. And and we want you to know those things because it gives you a a little bit of info about who we are and how to get started and what we're doing. The last thing I want to share with you before Pastor Kirk comes and and leads us in some more singing, and I'm going to come back and share with you where we're headed, is just this idea of global focus. I'm always amazed at global focus. That's our mission strategy here. And Over the last four years, I want you to think about this. In four years, you guys have given $1.8 million to mission ministry around the world. Isn't that incredible to be able to do that? I mean, that that number staggers me, but here's a number that I think will bless you. Faith Comes by Hearing is one of our strategic partnerships, and they take the, the Word of God, they get it translated in languages, and they record those for the audio Bibles, dramatize them so people can hear them, And in that four-year time period, you guys have been responsible with Faith Comes by Hearing. And remember we did one with Pioneer Bible Translators to actually get the, the language translated on the front end before it was recorded you guys have been responsible for six different people groups getting the Bible in their own language. That's incredible to me. Praise the Lord for that. That's a a moment in history, I think, for us that we'll look back on and say, that is faithful gospel work to make sure that people have access to the Bible in their heart language. It matters. But more than that even, and maybe this is even, it will blow your mind as well, the Timothy Initiative, we work with them to plant churches all around the world, particularly in North Africa and Asia, and over the last few years, you guys have been responsible for planting over 600 churches with the Timothy Initiative all around the world. Praise the Lord for that this morning. Aren't you grateful to be a part of that? When we look back at this, sometimes it's felt like, well, what are we doing? It, it's felt like we were, were not making forward progress. But when I look back at it, And I think about it today, I'm blown away by what God has allowed us to be a part of and how he has been faithful to those things that he called us to do. 150,000 gospel engagements seemed like a pipe dream. Financial repositioning seemed like it would be hard to figure out how to do it. But God put those things on our hearts. And what God puts on your heart and gives you a vision for, God supplies. Amen? And aren't you grateful For that, I just want to remind you of a couple of other things that have happened in this time period. Uh, I could tell you that in this time period, we didn't have to take any of the PPP money that came as an offering from the government. And you remember why we chose not to do that? It was because we were in a specific season of asking God to provide daily bread, and he has. We just thank him for that. I could tell you about how our weekday ministry has continued to flourish And they thought, we're going to run out of money. They haven't run out of money. God has been faithful. They've gotten grant after grant after grant. And Kristen has done such a good job in stewarding and and leading that and providing oversight to that. I could also tell you just about the $92,000 in donations that came in for Benevolence Ministry just over the last two years. And how we have given out $77,000 of those dollars to people who were in need in our congregation and outside of our congregation. We just praise God the Lord. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, we thank you today as we think about these moments, how you have been so good to us, and we praise you. Father, we thank you for supplying our needs. We thank you for letting us realize the vision that was so diligently thought out and worked on by the staff and leadership team of this church and the vision-sounding team, Lord, and how you have allowed us, God, to make some progress Father, we're praying that even as we rest today, you'd remind us that the seed is germinating and it's getting ready for harvest. God, make us ready for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So with everything that we've talked about, what does that mean for the coming year? Where do we feel like that God is still wanting to do some things in our lives in the coming year? Uh, I think every year we try to give you some big things to think about and then we try to give you some focused things to think about. And I wanna just go back to where we started with. It's gospel engagements, it's gospel engagements, it's still gospel engagements. That's the crux of the matter for every generation and every church. When a church stops engaging people with the gospel, a church turns off the faucet of God's blessing for growth, for seeing people set free from sin, for seeing people discipled because there's no one new to disciple. You know, you just can't wait for people to, to be born into the church. We, we see replication happening like that and that's great, but it has to be outside the church too. We have to be on mission where we live As we live, and as we ask you to continue to do the work of gospel engagement, I want to just highlight a a few things that would be important for you to know. One is that we continue to work in partnership with our weekday ministry. Pastor Rich and Kristen have been working on... Uh, activities that bring our weekday families into contact with our our church family because so many of them don't go to our church. In fact, the majority of, of people who are engaged and enrolled in our weekday ministry on Mondays through Thursdays when we have that don't attend Judson Baptist Church. And now, more than ever, many of them are saying we have no church home Whatsoever. I want to just remind you, gospel engagements is not about getting somebody who's already active in a church to switch churches and come to doesn't. That's not the point. We're glad anyone's involved in church. We're grateful for that. We want them to stay in their church and build good churches right where they're at. We're talking about engaging with the lost. And so we're going to continue doing that. In fact, This year in our weekday, we started chapel for all of our students for the first time. And when it's been appropriate, we've allowed their parents to come in and hear the gospel message in chapel as well. And we're just going to continue... Doing that, I want to remind you of some things that we already do that are very, very important. Don't just look over things like the Awana invite Nights, student ministry invite nights. We're gonna have Fractured Friday coming up uh, with our, our middle school students, those fifth and sixth graders. Make sure that you're bringing those kids to that. It's a great time to invite friends and, and when we invite those friends, we're inviting families to see what's going on at our church and that becomes huge for us. We're also in partnership with the Overton football team, we, we fed them again this year. And, and every time that we do that, we get the opportunity just to point them to the gospel. Uh, it's an incredible time when we get to do that and, and get to, to, to host them here. And in fact, last week we hosted their football banquet here just as a way to say thank you to them for being in partnership with us. And we continue to do that. We'll continue to do that this coming year. But more than that even, uh, it's men's and women's uh, ministry events. We've got some of those on the calendar that you'll be hearing about uh, in the future. And all those things are happening on campus, in in, in our personal lives, in our neighborhoods. But I also want to share with you something that has just really gotten me excited over the last little bit and that's our partnership with the norman binkley school and we're now offering an after school program for them called the beach club which is a bible beach club that we tried to start this three different times we started it with zero students and right before Christmas, we had a big party with them, and 14 students received Bibles for them personally that they were to, I love that picture that I got of them all holding their Bibles up. and so we're, we have a great team with Pastor Rich and a, a, a lay leaders that are going over there every Thursday and after school doing a Bible club with them, and i 'm so excited about reaching out into our community. That way. And then we're also going to be doing camps this summer. We'll have Vacation Bible School. Make a note, student camp's been moved to the end of the summer. Uh, We've gone back to Deer Run is where we're going and excited about that. And every time we have Vacation Bible School, every time we have camp, guess what happens? People get saved. People get saved. This year I had the privilege to stand right down here and talk to our third and fourth graders at Vacation Bible School and see eight of them mark on their card that they were ready to receive Christ as Lord and Savior. And we don't just say, woo, about that. We, we send people to their homes to, to follow up with them and their family and make sure that if they're in a church that their church knows about it and that they're gonna be discipled there. And if they don't have a church, we invite them to come and be part of Judson and the same thing will happen this year and it can't. But also this year, and I'll have more details as we're trying to firm this up even now, but one of the things that we're going to endeavor to do this summer is that we're gonna have some camps that just have to do with the community. One of the great needs that we see in our local community is two-income working families who need childcare. And what better way to do that than to offer a camp at two different times in the summer that they can sign up for and come. And then we'll have a camp night with those families that come where we present the gospel. The kids will hear the gospel all week, but then we're going to present the gospel to those families. So you'll hear more about that as we get those details worked out. The other thing that we have to do this year is we've got to continue our discipleship work. As people are constantly coming into the the fold and as people are coming to know Christ, we have a responsibility. Go into all the world and make disciples and do what? Teach them to observe all things that I commanded you. Ladies, grow groups are starting and have started. Check the website right now. Get involved in a grow group. Guys, see Pastor Jack. Get involved in a grow group. Come to my grow group on Wednesday night. Student grow groups start this coming Sunday. It's been incredible for us. Those have been phenomenal to see us engage in discipleship with one another, build more relationships with different people you don't know. You remember, we have two services here, so there's a whole group of people that you don't see and they don't see you. Grow groups are a fantastic way for you to do that, so make sure that you do that. Uh, I also want to just remind you that uh, in the next few weeks, our renewal conference starts. I have come to love Our renewal conference, and on February the 13th, we will start with prayer, and then in the following three weeks, we'll have three speakers come in and speak to us on Sunday nights. And some of you are already thinking now: the February the 13th—that is the Super Bowl. I'm aware of that as well. But on the second Sunday of every month, we gather together for corporate prayer. Doesn't matter if the Super Bowl is happening or not. We are going to adjust our schedule a little bit so you can get to the Super Bowl, but we are going to pray because it's important and it's, it's too important to say, well, let's just not do it. We're going to pray because we believe that prayer unlocks everything that God has for us. Prayer helps us to discern our next steps. Prayer helps us do that. And this renewal conference, if you don't have, or you've never been to one of these, I want you to come. We're going to be renewed in evangelism, in prayer, and in our personal lives as our three speakers Speak to us. We're also going to be talking to you probably at the end of this year a little bit more about debt reduction. And I'm just going to go ahead and prepare you. As you hear the number $3 million, we're at 3.8. As you hear the number $3 million, get ready because we are about to fast track it. And we're going to do something that I hope will pay off the debt and help us to improve our facilities all at once. We'll have more for you about that probably at the end of the year, maybe the first of next year. We'll see. It uh, depends on how, how quickly we pay off this, this 800000 to get to the $3 million. But guys, we are within striking distance, and it is time to retire that debt. That's $660,000 a year that could be used for ministry. Let's do it. Let's be faithful to do it. Let's pray that God will keep giving us money from whence we do not know where it comes. And ask God to, to bless us in that way. And I want to challenge all of us to do something that I think is really, really important right now. I've charged our staff with this this year, and I'm charging you with it. It's important for us right now to do what we do really well. You say, well, what does that mean? It means that there's some things that are fundamental to who we are here at Judson Baptist Church, and we have to do them well, and we need to do them well in this winter season and this spring. We do worship. It's important that you are here every chance that you are able to be here. The corporate worship of the living Lord is not optional, and it's important that we do it well. So your part in that is to make sure that you show up with a heart that's prepared. Do it well. That means that through the week, You've met with the Lord. You, you've worshipped the Lord privately. You, you've, you've sang songs to the Lord. You've read the scripture. You've been praying. And you've come in with an expectant heart. Do it well. We're going to do our part to do it well. Uh, it means that if you sing in the choir, be here. It means that if you play in this orchestra or this band, be here. Make sure that those things that we do well, we do well. Make sure that if we're in life group, if you're a life group teacher, do it well. Come in prepared. Don't go off half cocked. Know the lesson, be ready, be excited for the students that are come in. Know that God has something to give them that day through what you're going to teach. If you're a member of a life group class, be here and be here early. And for crying out loud, stop being late to everything. Be here on time. You're, you're on time to school, you're on time to work, you're on time to dinner, stop being late to church. Just be here on time. Act like you mean it. Do you know what I mean? Let's do it and do it Well means if you work in Awana, we're going to do it well. It means that if you lead in students, we're going to do it well. Let's do all of these things. Our recreation ministry, if you serve in these areas, doing it well is going to be important. I'm going to tell you why it's going to be important. I really believe that as we move through this winter season and this spring, we're about to see a turning point and a shift. And as we see that turning point in that shift, there's a question that I was asked a long time ago and it bothers me to this day. We were interviewing someone who ultimately we decided was not a fit for us here at the church. And he asked me this question. He said, if I worked in your children's ministry and within three months we had a hundred new children are you ready and able to handle that? You know what I had to tell him? No, we're not. You know when a football season starts, they start with fundamentals. When basketball seasons are, they start with fundamentals. Let's let's work on our dribbling, let's work on our passing, let's work on our shooting. Let's not work on on all the other things. Let's get our fundamentals down and get ready for the season. And I really believe that this time for us is fundamental. It's crucial. It's important that we do well what we know to do well to be ready for what God has for us in the fall. I want to read you a passage of scripture. I put this on the Christmas card that we sent out this year. And Oftentimes in my personal time with the Lord, what will happen is I take notes in a little notebook. But once in a while, a scripture will just hit me and I email it to myself. And it just lives in my inbox, unopened for a long, long time. It happened with Global Focus this year. It happened with this passage of scripture this year. I read this back in the summer and just sent it to myself. Verse 15, Psalm 90. Make us rejoice for as many days as you have humbled us, for as many years as we have seen adversity. Let your work be seen by your servants and your splendor by their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be on us. Establish for us the work of our hands. Establish for us the work of our hands. When you think about that, I want you to think about it in the context of everything that you have lived through and experienced in the last season of life. Boy, it's sometimes felt like it's been hard to rejoice because we've been humbled, haven't we? There have been things that we planned on doing that we weren't able to do. There were things that we had hoped we would get to do that we weren't able to do. You have, you have adjusted your plans more in the last two years than you ever have in your life, and so have I. It's just been the way that it's gone. We've seen our fair share of adversity, haven't we? All of you have seen that. You have you have experienced it, and, and some of us are experiencing it right now, and it has nothing to do maybe even with uh, being ill or anything like that. It may be at work. It may be in your family. You know exactly what I'm talking about. When we talk about adversity, we have had our fair share of it. But I love what the psalmist says when he says, Lord, make us rejoice because we've been through this season and here's what we're asking. This is a prayer. And remember that the Psalms are always answering prayer, right? It's it's an answering prayer. As you read these, don't just read them, pray them. As you read them, pray them to the Lord because this is an answering prayer to what God does. As you read this, you say, man, my circumstance is just like that. Lord, I pray this too. Lord, let your work be seen by your servants and your splendor by their children. Do you know what I want more than anything? I want the joy of the Lord to be in this house this year. I want us to see the work of the Lord. And I'm so glad that we can have this retrospective where we look back over four years and we say, praise God, because look what he has done. That gets you excited, doesn't it? Just to remember the faithfulness of God. And it gives you hope and assurance That God has not stopped being faithful. God's splendor hasn't left the room. It's not like it's been diminished in any way. No matter what's happening in the culture, no matter what the world says, the splendor of the Lord is on display and I wanna see the work and I want my children to see his splendor and I love this last verse where he says Lord let the favor of the Lord our God be on us. What a prayer for us. That seems bold, doesn't it? To just go before the Lord and said God, would your favor rest on me this year? Would you just let that happen in 2022? Would you let your favor rest on me? But it's corporate is what he's saying there as well. Lord, would you let it be on us? And it's a great prayer for us to pray. I want you to pray it for yourself. I want you to pray that this year God's favor would be on you. And you remember, this is not some kind of crazy wealth and health and prosperity gospel thing. This is biblical. Psalm 1 tells us this. Can I just quickly remind you of what it says? It says, when a person delights in the Lord, he meditates on him day and night. He's like a tree planted by flowing streams that bears its fruit in season. That God would allow us to bear good fruit, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever you do, prospers. Prosperity is is not about getting rich or never being sick. Prosperity is that God blesses the endeavors of your hands, that God is with you, that God is faithful to you. I love what what the the children of Israel and Moses said when when God says, I'm not going with you, just take off. And he says, nope, not going anywhere without you. If you don't go before us, we don't want any part of it. That's our prayer, that God would favor us in such a way as individuals, as families, as a church, that he would establish the work of, of our hands, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And I do this and I'm doing it regularly now. As we talk about giving next week, do you know what I'm praying? I'm praying that as you're obedient to tithe, that God will do what he says he will do in Malachi 3, that he will bless your socks off. I'm praying that. I pray for our tithers that way. I pray that God would bless them. I'm praying that God would establish the work of your hand because where you work is important. You are a lighthouse, an outpost for the gospel right where you are. And God placed you there on purpose by his divine design, and I'm praying that he would favor you so that you will rise to the top and people will say, what's going on with that guy? What's going on with that girl? How did she, how did she get there? And all you'll be able to say is, I have no idea. God just blessed us. It's God's favor. He's working. All things out. And I'm praying that God would favor us this year. That we would see more people come to a relationship to the Father through Jesus Christ the Son than we ever have. That God would allow us to do it. It's one thing to have a dream. It's another thing to have a vision. It's an entirely different thing for God to establish the work of our hands and favor us. Don't give up. Be excited. Be encouraged this morning. Be faithful to the Lord. Remember that that little thing that you're doing today, that 10 or 15 minutes that you spent with the Lord today when you were too busy and you didn't feel like you had time and you thought your quiet time was wasted, nothing was wasted with the Lord. You'll look back at the end of a year or two or three or four and you'll see that journey and you'll realize that through relentless forward progress with the Lord, God allowed you to do incredible things for his kingdom and for his glory. And you got to be along for the ride. Praise God. I want to pray over us right now as we close our service. Heavenly Father, it seems in one way audacious to come before you and say that we want to do more gospel engagements than even we've done in the past. But God, we've seen you do what everyone told us would be impossible. So we're asking you to help us engage the city and make a difference. Father, we trust today that the seed will be growing and that you will have us ready for the harvest time. God, let us see your splendor. Let us see your glory. Favor us, Lord. I pray for these people that are in this room this morning. Would you favor them? With everything that their hands touch, God, would you bless them? Give them strength today. Let them sense your presence today. Let them know that you are doing incredible things, even though in this moment or in this week or this season we may not see it. God, when we look back, we'll see this incredible journey you've had us on. Father, how we love you. We worship you today. And as we've celebrated these things, we're asking you to do again what you have already done. Establish the work of our hands. God, would you help us to pay off our debt so that we can turn those dollars into kingdom dollars? God, would you provide for us with daily bread? Would you let us do great work with children and middle school students and high school students and young adults and senior adults Median adults, Lord, that they would be saved and set free. Would you help us to plant more churches in the next four years? God, would you bless us as we go into our city? God, we ask these things in your wonderful name and praise you as we do it.